0: uh-huh i just feel like i've been around the block ripping up fantasy stock working around the clock look at the view from the top mm. researching rookies a lot no i just be listening to pods yeah one in particular i'm just a messenger let me just pass on the rock uh. browning brunning bruning pronouncing ain't what he's doing what he's doing is not losing but infusing you with new things in this then it's the bennett Sly a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props, here is a thot, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try, careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean Dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake, whoa, Fantasy Roundtable, Fantasy, Fantasy Roundtable, yeah. Fantasy Roundtable, come take a look at the crown, baby, hey, Fantasy Roundtable, Fantasy, Fantasy Roundtable, Fantasy Roundtable, come take a look at the crown, baby, go.
1: What is going on, everybody? We have made it to the last and final game of the week nine NFL fantasy football season with the Patriots and the Jets. Tonight should hopefully be at least a decent football game, at least uh, two struggling offenses, I guess is the way I'm going to look at it, with probably two struggling defenses as well. Uh, but we did get to see a couple of good fantasy well, fantasy and regular football games this weekend. A lot of just really weird shit, in my opinion. Matt, how uh, did your week nine start out for you? And how are you doing on this beautiful Monday?
2: Look, tonight is the night, you know, if your wife's been saying, you know, why are you watching football every night? Why won't you watch (laughs) Dancing with the Stars with me? You can safely watch Dancing with the Stars tonight. Maybe check your phone every 15 minutes or so. Uh, This – you calling this decent – um, just indicates to me how tired you are, because I don't think I there's going to be anything decent about two completely inept offenses uh, that are going to be forced to meet for three
1: and a half hours in hey, New York. All, all I'm hoping for is my tagline right there. I just need 12 points out of Damian Harris. That's all I need. I mean, it, and I feel like it's a really tall ask, but... look, the Especially been... since
2: he doesn't get a ton of touchdown looks, so you, you're looking... They 60 yards and four receptions
1: boning me all season long i'm just asking for one win i'll figure it out the rest of the year just come on help me out, one. Well, at least give me some hope to make the playoffs and i need it big time out of damien harris tonight ah let's kick it off here with uh, the falcons and your broncos 34 27 win for the falcons lock 29 points gordon 3 lindsey 2 judy 25 hamler 15 tim patrick 12 and Noah offense 7 uh, you know, if you would just take what the Broncos look like in the fourth quarter of the past two weeks, you would think that they are a really good team. Why can they not put it together in the first three quarters?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's play calling or, or what. Um, you know, somebody suggested uh, yesterday that once they go through the half and they're down by 21 points, Locke just comes out there with the, you know, no pressure because we suck and just starts throwing it. Maybe that's it. Um, you know, kind of a blow yesterday. Albert O. I'm not even going to pronounce Albert O. King Albert, King o- Albert. King Albert uh, tore his ACL, so yeah. that kind of love affair there has been diminished. But it was you know best game of the year for Judy. He looked good at times. Hamler really starting to come off, but they just look dead for yeah. for almost three quarters, uh, and then kind of. Kind of come back and still making too many mistakes, but that's something they're really going to have to get over if they're going to get better. And it doesn't get a whole, whole lot easier. I mean, they're playing the Raiders this week. Raiders are five and three in the playoff hunt. Um, you know, I thought playing a lesser Atlanta team was a golden chance to get back to five hundred and see if you can make a make a run on it. Just really never materialized.
1: The Raiders should be three and five. They got bullshit wins over the Browns and Chargers. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, I mean the. Judy, I think I'll be interested to see come Friday after we're all able to kind of look at this and see with him going up against the Raiders how much we think he's going to continue on this pace. I wonder if it was more of just a Falcons game and why he went off. I know a lot of people are talking about him this week as being kind of a, a breakout candidate.
2: Prior to this, he had been pretty steady about getting like 60 yards every game. It didn't really matter, you know, like two for 60 or four for 60. So it was kind of nice to see him get over that hump. Hamler's looking better coming back. I I think they've started to throw it a little bit more. Yesterday, their rush offense was complete garbage. Um, They're supposed to get Graham Glasgow back, um, you know, maybe get that line a little bit better. It felt like in the first half, they, for an Atlanta team that doesn't have much of a defense, they were kind of crushing in and, and doing these incredible coverages. And I was a little disappointed. Um, so we'll see. They've had good matchups the last two weeks and really only played one out of three quarters. Maybe next week we could play two or three quarters out of four quarters.
1: Yeah. Well, we will say that uh, since uh, was Raheem Morris has taken over as Atlanta Falcons uh, head coach, they're three out of four. I mean, they they've looked better. Yeah. Well, and they're
2: talking about him getting the, possibly getting the permanent gig
1: we'll see if they keep playing this way he might just end up getting it with Atlanta Ryan 22 points Gurley 13 Julio 16 the original Oz 20 and Hayden Hurst 13 I mean the original Oz whenever one of the other is out has really looked much better in my opinion in Gage, whether it's been Julio or Ridley what are your thoughts on him or gauge
2: yeah I think Zacchaeus is the play um, you know he looked really good he looks good going long he looks good yeah over the middle Russell Gage you know they were playing the same kind of beat up secondary Denver obviously doesn't help when AJ Boye and Bryce Callahan or game day inactives really left rookie Michael OJ Moutier was their best defensive back uh they were so disgusted with Deontay Harris in the first half that they pulled him for a guy that I didn't even know was on our team. Kind of tells you the secondary issues that we were having. Um, you know, Julio Jones made a turn at the goal line and you just lost the defensive back from the screen. And I was like, well, that's not a good sign. Um, Gage was the only one that couldn't seem to get involved. We saw Hurst have a decent day. Julio Jones was having a decent day. Uh, Zacchaeus looked great going down. I think the shines off the apple with Gage for me.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I like uh, I like what I've seen out of the original Oz. I think even uh, Powell had a had a good game yesterday too for mm-hmm. the – Yeah, the touchdown at least. Yeah, so I mean I- I'm with you. I think if I've got to lean one of those guys, it's going to be original Oz. We'll see obviously throughout the week how Ridley looks. I mean there was obviously a shot. It wasn't a great shot. But there was a shot that he could have played Sunday. Yeah. So I would think with that being said, he'll probably be able to go this week. Aren't they on we'll a bye week? Are they on a bye week this week? I, I thought they had. They,
2: I think, them and Kansas City are both on a bye. It's going to be a sad day. Let's look day.
1: really quick if I can. Get All I to have to say is quickly. I
2: apologize, America, because I finally accepted a trade to get my first share of Calvin Ridley. So that should have told <laughs> everyone that he was not going to be available, based on the luck that you and I have.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was someone else that I just made a move for recently, and they they sucked as well. I can't remember who it is exactly. Let's see here uh why is this not working i'm pulling it up broncos yes they are off this week their next game is against the saints in two weeks i think that was some of
2: the rationale for putting uh him out as he has two weeks so and speaking of which you know We'll have time to talk about this, but brace yourselves. Brutal bye week, Atlanta, Dallas, Kansas City. I mean, the Jets, nobody cares about, but Atlanta, Dallas, Kansas City, those are some prime fantasy uh, assets. I
1: I would say nobody cares about Dallas either. I mean, they looked better with Gilbert, which we'll get to, but, well, you know, I I, I take that back. The wide receivers look better. Zeke's still running like shit. But, hey, it's okay because I replaced him in a bunch of spots. And, again, why I need Damian Harris, not tough me tonight if possible
2: all right well, uh, that was a good decision because zeke did not get to
1: 12 points no he did not uh bill seahawks which God, i had the bill picked over the I, seahawks i, I know i thought you so picked so them
2: on our friday show
1: <laughs> it's probably a sorry Ohio state buckeye alum that you picked up no sir negative i don't even know who, who i did pick who did i pick up I don't know, but no, no, no. But I did leave the great Ohio State Buckeyes Zeke Elliott, on my bench this week because, you know, the Cowboys suck. Uh, but, yeah, I did. I had picked the Bills, and then for whatever reason, I went back in Sunday morning to switch out a different game because the more and more I was looking at it, and that team ended up winning, but I was kind of going through my picks. And I was like, wait, do I really think the Bills can pull off the win against Seattle? And I was like, I should have just stuck with my gut. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm just going to switch it. I feel better about Seattle. And sure enough, it looked like, yeah. It didn't, I mean, well, you, Seattle you were almost back, golden but...
2: because they said Saturday night, you know, Josh Allen's grandma passed away and he almost yeah. didn't play. They offered him the opportunity to sit it out. And I was like, that would have been the information that would have been nice to know Saturday night because you roll into Sunday yeah. morning, and you're like, I got Josh O. Oh, I see. I have Matt Barkley as my quarterback.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd have been screwed. In one of my main dynasty leagues, it was him or uh, Baker Mayfield. So I would have been running to the waiver wire to pick up either uh, Garrett Gilbert or Joe Flacco. So I'm glad that Josh (laughs) Allen decided to play through. It's real Sophie's Um, Choice there. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would have gone with Gilbert, and I don't think he would have been horrible for me. He wouldn't have been what Josh Allen gave me, obviously. I probably would have lost that matchup as well. Uh, but Wilson, 22 points. DJ Dallas, 11. DK, 23. Of course, we talked about it on Friday. This was the David Moore game. David Moore does come through for you with 17 yeah. points. Tyler Lockett, 8. And Hollister, 11. Uh, the Seahawks the offense had a lot of turnovers in this But the defense is the one that is holding this – or is the defense, the team that –
2: Yes, the defense is holding them back.
1: There we go. That's what I was going for. Go for it. I mean,
2: we we talked about going into this. I'm sure Allen was pumped up and it was a good matchup. And we've seen them have a decent offense at the beginning of the season. But they were going through a real valley. You're talking about a team that did not score a touchdown against the freaking Jets. And they look like – they look like – The Chiefs, after you give them a round of crystal meth on Sunday, scoring their 44 points, just going all over the field, Seattle has been a defensive team, a, a lot of Pete Carroll's run, and it's great that they're letting Russ cook, and I like seeing the offense and stuff, but we're at the point where it's a lot of pressure, because in that game in particular, it was like... If you don't score a touchdown, you're just going to fall further behind. I think that's where some of those interceptions came. I'm sure they were pressing a little bit because at one point yeah. we were in our chat. You're we going back and forth like, "Are the Seahawks alive?" Because they were down 24 to seven. That that does a lot of pressure to young quarterbacks. It can have pressure on even veteran quarterbacks. And Buffalo has a decent defense. So if Seattle fancies themselves a playoff team. They're really going to have to do something about that.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, it also, it it changes the way defenses play you. When they know that all you're going to do is throw the ball, it does make it harder to do it because they can just drop back in coverage. Now, granted, a guy like Russell Wilson who can also beat you with your legs, you can't just drop everybody in coverage because he'll still beat you that way, but they still have to make up a lot of yards. And uh, Buffalo's defense came to play. There is no doubt about that. They've looked much better than they have in, in a couple weeks here as well against that Seahawks defense, even though they were able to put up 34 points on them it didn't look like it was going to be that kind of game for a long time in that one uh, on Buffalo side here, Allen 36 points, Moss 12 digs, 20 John Brown, 17 and Gabriel Davis, 17 Singletary had just two carries for a yard and three catches for 31. Is he quickly becoming unplayable for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I know they made a big thing. Uh, Pete Carroll even mentioned that they had expected Buffalo was going to try to run and was surprised they didn't run very much at all. But even Moss is the one that's getting goal line carries when they get it, if it's not Allen. Both those guys had rushing touchdowns. Yep. Singletary, they're just not involving him. Uh, you know, For a while, he had negative one rushing yards uh, going into the fourth quarter. It's He started to sort of fade down even before Moss came back. We took. We had mentioned Yeldon starting to get in there, yeah. Yeldon catching big passing touchdowns. There's just not enough work in the way they're playing offense to support two running backs, especially when one is not getting any of the real red zone work.
1: Yeah, um, I'm obviously worried about him. I think we've kind of talked about him fading a little bit here the past couple of weeks, as you mentioned. I'm a little um, – I'm not jumping – He's, he's on my bench, but he's not someone I'm completely panicking on because I do agree with what you just said. Pete Carroll even mentioned they thought they did not think they would abandon the run the way that they did. We all know the way to beat Seattle is through the air. We've seen it pretty much every week this season. Everybody's having really good passing performances against him. Uh, so I do want to see what he does next week. I'm probably not going to start him next week. I'm still starting Moss. I think we all had Moss ranked over Singletary come Friday. I had Moss in a couple DFS lineups because I thought he was going to be better. Uh, I would also say that take what you saw out of Josh Allen in this passing game with a grain of salt as well. He has not looked this good – Uh, since really those first four weeks. He's kind of struggled the past couple, and and now he looks great again. I think some of that is that get-well defense in Seattle. So Josh Allen, I expect to be somewhere in between what we saw through weeks, like five through eight compared to what we saw last week. But it's it's great to see him kind of bounce back and get to that kind of early MVP candidate he was in the beginning of the season because he he was doing this for the first four weeks, and we kind of missed it the last couple. So it, it is definitely good to see on his side. Uh, next up, Titans and Bears. The Titans win this one 24-17. For Chicago, Foles 21, Ryan Nall 13, David Montgomery 5, Allen Robinson 15, Darnell Mooney 9, Anthony Miller 8, and Jimmy Graham 17. Uh, Montgomery struggled again here, uh, did get a concussion. He is still, as last I saw, in the concussion protocol. Are you worried about him losing out touches to Ryan Nall if he does come back this week?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Nall didn't have a carry, but he did have four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown, and I think what was – so Montgomery has not has been getting a lot of the carries but hasn't yeah. been getting a ton of yards or efficiency from that. What's been helping keep him at an RB 2 level is with uh, Cohen gone, he's been getting receptions, you know, and he's not gotten tons of yards. Some weeks like six catches for 12 yards, but in PPR that boosts your value up. If Nall starts getting that work because he was actually efficient with it, um, I think it would be time to worry because their run offense is not enough to sustain uh, to be excited about a running back.
1: Yeah, um, I love David Montgomery coming out last year. I, I think if you can sell him for anything half decent right now before a trade deadline, possibly to like a contender, selling it as hey add some rb depth you know yeah he had a bad game this week because he got hurt got the concussion but he should be back i would do it i don't believe in montgomery anymore and i hate to say that because i think he's got a lot of talent i don't know if it's the offensive scheme i don't know if it's just he doesn't fit well in that offense whatever it is he he does not look at all like the player that was coming out of college uh you know we i know uh Guy, a guy we've had on the show, and Nick Whalen is not a big fan of his as well, and he's a Bears fan, and and he is not really liking. He doesn't really like David Montgomery. I, I think at this point, if I could sell Montgomery, I would. I'm just, I, am not overly impressed, and I'm not really sure that that's going to get any better for him moving forward with Chicago. Uh, on Tennessee side, Tannehill 14, Derrick Henry six, AJ Brown 20, and John New Smith 11. It's the Corey Davis breakout season over. Finally, the first week we have not seen him get at least eleven points in fantasy, which again should say eight straight weeks is pretty damn good. But we finally well, he that only we played, played five three. games. Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad. So five so, games of the of his season. Yeah, I'm gonna say
2: I'm gonna chalk this one a little up to uh, being kind of a weird game flow. Tannehill didn't throw that much. Davis got three targets. He just didn't get a reception. He actually ended up being third on the team in targets. Furkser got six. He got one more target than Johnny Smith. Johnny just caught his and got a touchdown. Um, so AJ Brown's still the lead guy there. I we've seen them have to throw a lot more than what what yeah. was happening yesterday. So might just be a weird game, but it was hard for us to trust and believe in Corey Davis. I just this week got to the place where I had him in a flex spot and didn't feel like throwing up when I saw that name in my starting lineup. And so now this is probably going to set that back a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never believed in him. I just I, I was hoping for it obviously. I mean I've never been a big Parker guy either and he obviously was able to prove us wrong last year. You know, I, none of us want to see anybody fail. So I don't want to see Corey Davis fail, but I just—it's it, more of I don't believe in him in that offense, and I've kind of always said that. It's not that I don't believe in Corey Davis's skill and talent. He's we a don't want to see a lot receiver. of
2: people fail, but I'm not going to say there's no one I want to see fail because that there was true. there was a a failure that warmed my heart on Sunday
1: night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say that there's well, you know, I don't want to see. I just don't want to see some players do good specifically. I guess I'll put it that way, but. Yeah, I mean, I've always stated that I thought Corey Davis was just not on a team that was good for him. I mean, we've seen what A.J. Brown does with them, and he's an absolute dog. I mean, that dude is good. Some of the the catches or runs after the catch he made yesterday were amazing. And I think with him and John Smith and Henry, that's kind of where the offense is going to funnel. So, again, it kind of limits what Corey Davis can do. Uh, He is a free agent, so I'd like to see him go to a team that maybe can utilize him more. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily sell on him. We've seen enough, I think, out of this year to think there's enough talent there to be a viable fantasy player every single week. I just think he needs to be on a better team, and and I'm hoping that happens for him moving forward. Uh, I love seeing John, though, finally, finally, kind of back at. Of course, really just the touchdown that kind of saved. He had one big play, but outside of that, it was really the touchdown that kind hey, of the, as, a Andrews, uh, as a Mark Andrews
2: as a Mark Andrews heavily invested. No. I would take
1: the touchdown. Don't talk to me about Mark Andrews. I actually put him in a DFS flex spot. Had, had I just gone with my best friend, Hayden Hurst, because I had the money to pay up for him. He was just crazy to say it right now. Mark Andrews is less than uh, uh, Hayden Hurst and DFS. But had I just paid up and taken Hayden Hurst, which I did have that leftover salary. I just thought, Mark, this was the week. This was the week that Mark Andrews was going to do something. Could have won an extra $200. So I'm not happy about that right now you know and i'm really of not mark happy
2: about that. speaking of mark Andrews, on yeah. to our next
1: yeah yeah mark both Andrews. these
2: both these teams uh, are going to are probably going to kill us before the end of the year
1: i know one of them is for sure and that's going to be the colts who lost 24 to 10 to the ravens uh baltimore here 18 for lamar jackson 5 for Dobbins, 9 for edwards 6 points for hollywood brown uh, eight points for Nick Boyle and five points for Mark Andrews. What are you expecting from the Ravens game moving forward? We know that uh, Mark Ingram was ruled out in this one. You know, again, I'm going to say I thought Dobbins looked really good on some of his runs. Yeah, they just seem to love Gus Edwards. Got almost all the goal line work. Actually had a fumble at the goal line. Then they get right back down in there. And what do they do? They give it right back to Gus Edwards again, and he scores a touchdown.
2: Yeah, and that's you would like to think, based on potential talent and draft spot that Dobbins is gonna be a guy that keeps getting a bigger workload going forward. I'm still not convinced at this point they don't go right back to having Mark Ingram be the lead in carries when he eventually comes back. They said it probably wasn't gonna be till after week ten, so probably another week. But you look at it, twelve carries for Dobbins, eleven for Edwards, both of them had two targets. Edwards, like you said, getting the red zone gets the touchdown. That really puts it on, if you're playing Dobbins, you're doing it because you think that he's going to be incredibly efficient with his touches, which he has been a couple of weeks, but more, most of the weeks, you know, you're not playing a soft defense. You, you can't count on a guy busting a 50-yard run every week to yeah. to boost it up or, you know, hoping that he somehow falls into the end zone, and that seems to be where we're at. That's really frustrating. I would say the same thing is incredibly frustrating about tight ends. Andrews had five targets. Nick Boyle had four targets. Boyle's listed him on the depth chart. I'm almost at the place now where if I have other options, I'm I'm putting Andrews on the pine for a while. The Ravens have been a good team for NFL purposes. They've been a horrific experience for fantasy purposes. We wondered on Friday with Hollywood Brown complaining that he needed to be more involved. What was going to happen there? Five targets. There's not enough volume passing wise
1: and there's not enough volume for any single rusher. Can, can we stop calling him Hollywood Brown, by the way? He he's more like made, and Cino made, Brown? made for TV. Yeah, he's like made for TV Hollywood Brown right now. He is not Hollywood Brown. Um yeah I don't
2: How about we call him Salt Lake City Brown?
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. I I felt like I kinda called this earlier in the offseason. I I was I was ridiculed heavily for not having Lamar Jackson as a good, or, well, you know, I had him top five, and I think he's right now a quarterback thirteen. Uh, he made some good throws. That that was one of the games that was kind of popping up. I watched a lot of red zone yesterday since I didn't since the Browns weren't on, so I just kind of had red zone going. Was watching uh, the TV. Who was the TV? I don't even remember. Right because I was really not really paying attention. But um, yes, exactly, Dennis Telenova Brown. He needs a made for TV Brown, like Teleno- mo- Telenova. movie movie for TV, straight to TV Brown, something like that. He's not Hollywood anymore. But uh, you know, it, it's Lamar made some good throws yesterday. I will say that he he looked a little bit better than I've seen in the past couple weeks. But he just that team in general does not look the same uh, as they did last year. So. Indianapolis, uh, Indy, Indy, Indy. Jordan Wilkins five points. Jonathan Taylor nine. Michael Pittman. So it's good to see him getting involved in the offense. Nine points and Demont. Gosh dang it! Every time Mo every alley time, Cox. I always Sorry, go all right the whole Cox. thing. No, no, it's not your fault. As soon as I see, I immediately go college for some reason because I do like Demonty Cox. He's a good watch it's because receiver. the Colts look Mo like a college alley offense. Cox. Probably yeah, they're not even that good. Uh, Taylor looked good early in that game, has the fumble, pretty much gets benched, and it goes to Jordan Wilkins. I did see the notes today that Frank Wright came out and said he still has a level of confidence in, in, in Jonathan Taylor and felt like he should have gotten him more carries, but he didn't. What are your overall thoughts on this Colts offense for fantasy?
2: I mean, they're almost an entire avoid. Yesterday... I benched Taylor so that I could play Tony Pollard, Uh, you know, and that in the morning when it looked like Zeke was going to miss. And then right before game time, they said Zeke might play. And I was like, no, Pollard probably still be a better option. And almost was, Uh, you know, Taylor gets a touchdown, which is the only thing that keeps him from being about, two or three points. Six carries is not enough. He's not getting enough passing work. There really isn't enough passing volume for anyone, considering that they continuously seem to be hitting 12 different people in the passing game. It's just an ugly offense. Doesn't look very good. Um, You know, we've talked about Rivers struggling. Oh, well, that would have been a good idea if David Johnson hadn't gotten injured.
1: Yeah, what was it, I think? Uh, was it Joe Schobert that laid him out, I think? It yeah. Was, it's not pretty.
2: But... You know, it's, I think it's, it's tough, especially for the draft capital and dynasty. You just hope that Taylor will grow into it in future seasons. But a lot of people, you know, myself included, I went wide receiver heavy, which murdered me because of the wide receivers I took, and then was yeah. pretty excited about getting Raheem Mostert and Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, I'm going to be fine at running back, and I have been murdered.
1: Hey, I hear you. I built my running back core and redraft this year a lot around Jonathan Taylor and guys like Zeke. And uh, it's just not working out for me either. Uh, Taylor, I am more worried now than I have ever been on Jonathan Taylor. And it's not great. You know, we've mentioned on here multiple times. I know I have that. There's all these people on Twitter breaking down how he hasn't looked that impressive running the ball he's missing holes that he usually didn't miss when he was in college, uh, not getting a lot of he's still getting some passing game work but he's just, he's not looking like the same player. I don't know if that has something to do with you know we've talked about him missing the entire offseason and everything going on did that affect him? Is it nerves? Is he putting too much pressure on himself? I don't know, but it's not looking great right now. I don't think he's the player you want to sell in Dynasty. I don't even know if you could sell him for a used pair of socks right now in redraft. Like, he's just been bad. The only thing we can hope is that they continue to give him the ball and he gets it figured out. But the fact that Jordan Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins is outproducing him right now on the field terrifies me because i saw a lot of people today and i i can't necessarily say they're wrong in thinking though so, are marlon comparing mack. jonathan taylor not just to marlon mack to trent richardson yeah and that's well, that, terrifying i was
2: more you know do you start to worry are they going to bring marlon mack back because, someone brought that up today as well
1: yeah. and that, that's going to kill his because well,
2: right now marlon mack looked a heck of a lot better than this last year um, yeah. you know and our, that hurts friend, me to our say. friend dennis Said you know you shouldn't give up on Marlon Mack. If he hadn't gotten injured, would we be seeing less Jonathan Taylor than we're
1: even seeing right now? And I think the answer is yes. Probably. I I, I can't I cannot openly admit that it would go against the clauses that I've signed to praise Marlon Mack. But I will say, little bit disappointed that uh, I, I can't say I will. I disagree with the statements you're making on Mr. Mack there. Uh, A surprisingly good game here yesterday. The Chiefs beating the Panthers 33-31. Teddy Bridgewater, 28 points. CMC came back and balled out, as usual, with 37. Robbie Anderson, 15. The GOAT, Curtis Samuel, with 26 points. And DJ Moore, 3 points. So everybody was all on the train. I don't think we were, but... (laughs) I don't think the three of us were, but there was a lot of people thinking that Mike Davis might keep his role in this offense once CMC came back. Clearly, was not the case. Uh, CMC dominated and dominated in your fantasy game, but should we be worried about DJ Moore? Uh, you know, even when Curtis Samuel was out and injured, DJ Moore was not a major part of this offense. Now that Curtis Samuel is coming on, my God, Curtis Samuel, I am going to start taking victory laps here very soon if he continues to produce like this uh, has been phenomenal. And it really seems to be coming at the expense of DJ Moore.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I hope we all enjoyed that CMC game. I hope you got him in your lineup. I hope you played him with confidence. Cause he now appears to be injured and is likely out again. Is he? I thought rate. it was just, a, I thought he was no, fine. They said oh, day to day looking doubtful. So um,
1: well, let's see if everybody dropped Mike Davis. I know who I'm going back for on the waiver wire.
2: Yeah. So then the um Dennis,
1: I don't accept your penance.
2: Yeah. Um Teddy Bridgewater threw it forty nine times. Uh DJ Moore got three targets. You should be yeah. terrified if you own DJ yeah. Moore. That's you know, we've said before it wasn't going to be a high volume passing offense. That was not the case yesterday. The only one for whom it was not a high volume passing offense was DJ Moore. Mike Davis got more targets and receptions than that coming in to
1: spell McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm with you. I'm worried about him. I love DJ Moore, and I really thought that he was going to be kind of like that. I think what I probably compared him, I think, just to the Justin Jefferson role in this offense with Joe Brady and Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase had the better year, but Justin Jefferson still put up a ton of points. It just for whatever reason, it's not working. I mean, Curtis Samuel, while he's getting some work in the receiving game, I think a lot of his value is just coming because they're moving him all over the field, which we saw at Ohio State. It's what I talked about them doing with him, and they're finally doing it. And yeah. I think because of that, in and Robbie Anderson, who has become their one, has, yeah. it has. He's well, I mean, just relegated. These Anderson, to thir-
2: 13 targets, nine targets for Curtis Samuel, 10 to McCaffrey, six to Mike Davis. So they had 16, you know, p- pounding the back. But 13 and nine, I mean, they have a clear one, two in the yeah. receiving. And I, you know, you might be prone to think, well, was it the coverage? But. Kansas City hasn't demonstrated the kind of secondary where yeah. they have a shutdown corner, so I'm not willing to attribute it to that.
1: Yeah, it's oh man, it's gonna. It's not someone dynasty wise I'm selling, but I, I'm worried about him this year because I don't. I don't know if Carolina is going to stay in the Teddy Bridgewater business. Although I, I don't think he's shown you any reason to move on from him either. He's, oh, he's actually been I think really He's good. been
2: better than better than i expected i'm willing to eat it on that i thought he was going to be a terrible i they've been fun to watch he's looked pretty decent i think if they got a better a little bit of a better defense they win some of these games and that that could be the difference between being like five and four and three and six yep
1: yeah it's it is it's insane to to see Him producing the way that he has, and and a couple of those guys, especially, like I said, Curtis Samuel. You just love to see it, baby. You just love to see it. Uh, For Kansas City, Mahomes, 30 points, CEH, 12, Tyreek Hill, 33, and Travis Kelsey, 25. Uh, Another dud of a game here for Le'Veon Bell. Barring injury, is he a stay away at this point?
2: To me, he's a glorified handcuff at this point in time. Uh, He's a glorified handcuff in case CEH got knocked out. This is two weeks in a row where they've had a good uh, rushing matchup where they haven't really run the ball. Um, and when they when they are, CEH has been the better play. Bell got four carries for eight yards and one reception for negative five yards yesterday. That is nowhere near somebody that we should have in our lineup.
1: I, I'm pretty sure that's Teddy Bridgewater, number 10 in yards yeah. per pass attempt is what I'm guessing. Yeah, per attempt. So, I mean, right there, in all honesty, I kid you not, is exactly why – I'm going to go back to this real quick and then I'll talk about Kansas City. Why I was so big on Curtis Samuel this offseason because – and I know – I'm pretty sure we talked about it, all three of us, in the offseason was Curtis Samuel was number two in air yards last year, but he just wasn't catching the balls because Kyle Allen was not throwing it. Like, Kyle Allen was not throwing it accurately to him. Curtis Samuel was getting open down the field last year. He just wasn't getting the ball. And and I did think that Teddy Bridgewater could do that for him. So, And and we're starting to see that uh, this year with those two. For Kansas City, I'm with you. I mean, I wasn't big on Bell going there anyways. I I didn't think he was going to – like I said, I thought for anything it might drop CEH's value some, and I wasn't even that big on CEH. I do think it's also fair to say that CEH is not quite having the the grand year that people thought he was going to have either. Uh, granted, the three of us were not as big on him. Uh, but, you know, I, I mentioned this in a chat today when we were talking about him and Jonathan Taylor. And everybody was saying, well, Taylor is by far the biggest disappointment. It's not even close. I mean, he's the, been the biggest, but I wouldn't say yeah. it's not close. C-E-H People is were not talking
2: about good. CEH as a top five. Yeah. Play at, play, he went at in the position five, and, you, re-draft, Lee, well, and redraft. Well, and you've seen no Saquon Barkley and, and CMC's been injured most of the season. Zeke's having a down year. And still, he's nowhere near that
1: level. Yeah, I mean he's he was going in the first round of drafts this year because of the team he went on and Jonathan Taylor, I know in mine where I was I again openly admitted I've been very big on Jonathan Taylor. And so I was drafting him before most people and I got him in the third round in most of my drafts. CH was a first round pick. He's been producing as a, I think he's still right now, he's either at RB13 or 12 on the year. That's because he's getting the touches. He's getting the work. So it's kind of hard to fall off that. And he's but, had
2: a couple of huge games.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, he has been fairly, I don't want to say, he's not been more disappointing than Taylor. That's not what I'm saying. But I also don't think it's not even close. He, he's been disappointing. He's not quite had the year that people wanted him to. Uh, just traded JT and CEH for Miles Sanders, Chark, in a one point, and 1.5 currently. 16-team, 1 QBR points per reception. Um, You know, I think it's a good trade. I, I mean, I like Sanders and Chark a lot. I like Chark a whole lot more if Trevor Lawrence ends up with the Jaguars. That's for damn sure. So, uh, I mean, I love JT. I'm not a big fan of CEH, so I think... That's probably a good deal for you, depending on who who you can get at that one spot. At that one if, if it stays 1.5 or right around that who you can get at that that pick there. But yeah, I think it's an overall a good trade. Thoughts, Matt? Three
2: enigmatic running backs in that deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh the third thirty-four Vikings. The Vikings beat the Lions thirty-four to twenty. Stafford eight points. Swift twelve. Marvin Jones thirteen, Danny Amendola fourteen, TJ Hawkinson fourteen. Not a lot to say here. The Lions have talent, but just haven't been good. I, I clearly everybody knows where I put the blame on that one. So, what is your thoughts here, Matt?
2: Yeah, and the carrying on Johnson not going away. I got four carries for twenty nine. Got the same number of receptions as uh, Swift. So, I mean, that's it's another team where it's an incredibly dreadful committee for fantasy purposes. It was tough to see Stafford knocked out, but Detroit, yeah. I had higher hopes. They just don't seem to be able to put it together.
1: Yep. Once uh, It's going to be great. You know, the one thing I'll say is when the offseason comes, buy low on Swift if you can because I think once they get a competent coach and offensive coordinator in here, Swift is going to be – Really, really good. I mean, I, I did see a lot of that game and just their fascination with throwing Adrian freaking Peters in the ball and running back screens who gets started probably, I would say, half a second faster than my grandfather who uses a walker to get around compared to using DeAndre Swift who looks explosive every time he touches the ball I mean shit even carry on Johnson and I don't even like carry on Johnson Well carry
2: on Johnson had 7.3 yards of carry yesterday so I mean I would I, more I understand, understand. if they were doing a committee of Carryon Johnson Oh I agree.
1: I agree like the they th- them getting Adrian Peterson out there makes absolutely no sense he does not he I will give it to him the first couple games he was there he actually still looked good he still looked okay this is a guy who can he just i mean he takes like 30 steps before he starts actually moving like it's it's
2: and then on to your favorite favorite team in the nfc north the minnesota vikings
1: kurt cousins 20 points dalvin cook 39 adam thielen 5 justin jefferson 9 and erb smith 15 Brought this up a couple weeks ago. Is it time to start believing in Irv Smith? Uh, Had a good game. I want to say it was four weeks ago, then did Mm. nothing. And now he's back again with two touchdowns. What are your thoughts on him being a viable tight end moving forward?
2: I mean, Kubiak has typically used tight ends. I mean, we're talking about with the Texans, with the Broncos, uh, even with the Ravens. He's a guy that likes to use the tight end. So it makes sense that they would be using a tight end. I think the one holdback that's becoming clear after a couple weeks is Dalvin Cook's incredible and if they don't need to pass, they're not going to because they have Kirk Cousins and that might be the liability now. I think we're going to have to look at at repositioning Thielen and Jefferson too because when the Vikings are playing well, there isn't enough volume for them. Uh, but Smith, it seemed like it was encouraging to see that he was a very frequent goal line target when they were throwing because both of his touchdowns were in close. And given the state of that position, you could do a lot worse than, than roll on the dice and hoping for a, a red zone touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all said at the beginning of this year, we thought it was finally time for Irv Smith to pass Kyle Rudolph. We, we've seen it in a couple games here and there. Uh, hopefully he continues to get more of the work. He's an athletic freak. I think he can be a really good tight end for them. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll say is you brought up how good Dalvin Cook has been. We've also seen this out of Dalvin Cook, where he has these just amazing, like, elite, the the top-tier performances, and then he just kind of gets brought down a peg, whether it's injury or finally teams start selling out to stop him in the run, and then they have to start passing the ball and putting it on... Captain Clutch Kirk Cousins, where he shows you that he's maybe not quite as clutch as we want him to be. So expect, I do expect that to happen moving forward. Maybe one, two more weeks of Dalvin Cook doing this, and then if they start to start slowing him down, you're going to have to see if if Jefferson, Thielen, Smith uh, can start beating you again. So don't. uh, I'm with you. I think at this point we've kind of seen what the tight end position in is: Travis Kelsey and everybody else. Uh, And so Irv Smith, I think, falls into that everybody else category where you can possibly start trusting him moving forward. Uh, Giants, 23 over Washington, 20. Daniel Jones, 12 points. Wayne Gallman, 14. Sterling Shepard, 11. And Evan Ingram, 15. Are we giving up on Darius Slayton for the 2020 season? I'm not giving up on him moving forward, but 2020 is the time to just kind of throw in the towel. Throw in the damn towel. All Rocky style
2: yeah he had one carry for two yards the team had 35 carries daniel jones threw it 34 times he had one target and one reception for six yards i mean when you have was it CG, uh austin mack out there catching four passes State, for 75. well that's fine i i'm not disparaging austin mack, <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I that gotcha. should kind of tell you where where they're at with slayton he had hit or miss value when um, Shepard and Ingram weren't yeah. there. And since Shepard and Ingram have come
1: back, it's been like Darius who? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I think Shepard coming back is, has been the biggest hit, especially because we talked about, you know, for me, I'll continue to say it and probably won't be talking about him much more moving forward, but uh, I, I do think the loss of Barkley hurt him more than anybody else because it, it really is kind of limited the single coverage he's gotten on the outside Uh, and Daniel Jones' ability to kind of have time to throw it deep. So I'm with you. For at least the 2020 season, I'm I'm giving up on on Slayton for the most part. I think he's kind of moved to my bench, and I'm not starting him.
2: If only – and I would go so far as to say in redraft, if you can find options, he's the kind of guy I would probably drop to collect a a critical handcuff if I'm moving toward the playoffs because the chance that you're going to feel good about plugging him in in any important matchup right now is, is nil. I mean, the Giants, and they probably wish they played Washington every week.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, with the way they look, for sure. Uh, for Washington, Alex Smith, 11, Antonio Gibson, 12, JD McKissick, 17, and Terry McLaurin, 24 points. Tough loss for Washington here. Kyle Allen done for the year. Can this team make noise in the NFC East with, with, East with Alex Smith? Do we see a return of Dwayne Haskins?
2: Say no on Haskins because it seems like there was a bigger issue than performance, which has kind of leaked out uh, to Ron Rivera's credit. He doesn't air a lot of that uh, laundry, and maybe that was partly because they were hoping they were going to trade him. Maybe they still hope they're going to trade him. Smith looked a little rusty, I would say, some of those interceptions, but he also moved the ball pretty well, had a good connection with Terry McLaurin, which is at this point all we care about for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, looked like he had good connection with McKissick. Um their offense didn't look bad. You know, I think if they could have avoided some of those late turnovers, they may have come back and won. And this is two really tight games that I thought Washington was gonna beat the Giants this year and they lost.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh I'll be interested to see if we if we see any kind of return for Dwayne Haskins. You know, it was actually Ron Rivera who came out, and again, maybe it was just kinda to help give him some kind of value, saying that we may not have seen the last of Dwayne Haskins with the Washington football team. That was before the Kyle Allen injury, so maybe we see him return. I I would have to think they're at least going to have him activated, because if Alex Smith gets hurt Mm -hmm. and you don't have anybody else active, you've got to throw somebody out there, quarterback, but I'll be interested to see what they do. I'm with you. I I thought Alex Smith you know, for the most part, looked looks kind of decent for just getting thrown out there. Again, we haven't seen him play football in over a year. He's had a, that horrific leg injury uh, came back out there. Now we're going to know he's, he's going to get all of the first team reps. I would assume he's going to be the starter going into next week. So it'll be interesting to see how this team looks with him. You know, Terry McLaurin still looks good, was definitely hitting a guy like JD McKissick. Uh, so if you can get him off your waiver wire, he might be a guy that I'm, I'm focusing in on because they seem to use him more, especially in the third down situations uh, than Antonio Gibson. Uh, Texans beat the Jaguars here 27 to 25 Watson 24 points Duke Johnson 15 Will Fuller 21 Brandon Cooks 17 if David Johnson misses time is Duke Johnson a solid play at running back I think
2: he's a play at running back I mean he you would like to see a little better yards per carry um but he it looked like he was certainly getting the lion's share of the work there uh and he put up a, a decent day got a touchdown um this is another matchup. The The Texans have two wins this year. It was the two games they played the Jaguars. So I'm sure they wish they were playing Jacksonville a few more times, uh, this season. Be curious to see what they do, um, in other games. We I actually thought this game was closer than I expected, especially after we heard Watson and Watt talking about how they weren't part going to be part of a rebuild that they just needed to get some things in gear. They didn't look incredible. Uh, yeah. in this game and you know they're they have line issues which has been part of the problem for Deshaun Watson too he still ends up leading this team in rushing yesterday but you know I think any time you have a starting running back who's going to get a lion's share of the touches that's somebody that you're playing in 2020.
1: Yeah um I mean, if, if you had David Johnson, I'd grab him, we'll see how long he's going to be out. did they say for sure how long is he going to be out for multiple weeks i I know, I saw the hit. He got leveled, uh, but yeah. I didn't see I didn't see if there was anything actually serious, but I, mean, think I, it's, I,
2: I think it's too early for them to totally say I mean even McCaffrey they say he's day to day. they just said to they, it's doubtful that he's going to be able to play, which is a bummer. Let me see what Houston injury report most teams don't practice on mondays which makes it a little bit tougher um yeah he's still just questionable with a concussion we've seen some people bounce back from uh concussions quickly and we've seen others that have uh hey jose uh that have had to hang out for a while so we'll just have to see how it goes
1: yeah, I mean, what's going on, Jose? I, yeah, I love Duke Johnson. Anyways, um, he can do a lot for you in the receiving game. He's not quite a, a great runner, but I don't think David Johnson has been either this year. So, you know, uh, he'd be a guy if I can get him off my waiver wire, especially now. I would because running back is just going to continually get hurt. As you mentioned earlier, we've got three uh, three good running backs going on by this week. So, adding a guy like Duke Johnson to help you out might not be a bad thing, even if it's just for a couple weeks. For Jacksonville, um, the uh, future Tom Brady, as Dennis called him on the podcast Friday, Jake Luton, 21 points, uh, James Robinson, 15, and DJ Chark, 27. Luton looked decent in his first game, albeit against a bad Houston Texans defense. Uh, and we do know they came out earlier today and said he will be the guy, at least for next week as well. What are your thoughts on him moving forward with this Jacksonville offense? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think we, we know they weren't exactly uh, pumped about what we'd seen from Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that was the injury, but he certainly looked a little more interesting than, than I was expecting. You're right that it was not a uh, terrible matchup. Uh, so I'll be curious to see. They have some fun pieces. It was nice to see somebody actually being able to put the ball out there and get it to, to Shark. Um You know James Robinson probably having that RB one season we thought we might get from Ceh or or Jonathan Taylor. Um, You know he's been really solid. They have some fun pieces and they're still. They remind me more um, of Miami from from last year where they're not getting a lot of wins but they're kind of fun to watch and you can see some some young talent. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I don't know how much they want a young quarterback to succeed, though, because I would think with the range that they're in, they're certainly going to take a franchise uh, quarterback. Yeah. So I don't know what this, the ceiling is for for Luton to succeed. Um, but, you know, reminds me a little bit of when we saw Gardner Minshew come in there last year. That's what Fun. I was going to say, yeah. He's playing with a lot of heart. He's leaving it all out there. Uh, and it's good for him. It's good for it this was actually kind of a fun game to watch considering both yep. teams are one and six.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really helped when first play from scrimmage for the Jaguars was like a 70 something yard touchdown to uh DJ Chark. And then the Texans get the ball and same thing to Will Fuller. Although I don't know if you saw that play. It was actually like a second or two after the time clock expired and the refs did not call it, which was kind of interesting, but then Brandon Cook still took it to took it to the house. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought, They looked a lot like you just mentioned, the Jaguars from last year. And and in hopes, in someone who has DJ Chark in a couple places, him and Luton can continue that because he had a great game. And it almost goes to what I was talking about just a couple weeks ago in that Chark was continually getting open, and Minshew was just not able to hit him. He was overthrowing, underthrowing. Maybe that was due to the hand injury. But Jake Luton was able to actually make those throws. So hopefully that continues to boost Chark's value moving forward. Uh, Next uh, On to the afternoon
2: game. games Which were a nightmare for a while
1: I think this was probably In my opinion the only good one uh, Raiders beat the Chargers 31-26 Carr 14 points Jacobs 13 Devontae Booker 12 Nelson Aguilar 13 And Darren Waller 13 as well uh, Booker looked sharp He's been getting a lot of run here the past couple weeks Had a lot of run in Cleveland last week Got a, lo- a lot of run this week as well Two questions for you. Are the Raiders a playoff team, and are you starting to worry more and more about Josh Jacobs?
2: I think Jacobs is still going to be the lead, but it might be moving to more of a shared uh, duty. And I think the the bigger thing is, um, you know, if you had hoped Rashard was going to be kind of a flexible play, I think that's going to get knocked out. Booker is running solid. He's looked pretty solid running. He's also a pretty capable pass blocker and pass receiver, um, which... Means he could easily usurp that kind of role. I think it also gives you a clear indication that were Jacobs to get injured and miss time, he to me is a guy who could take on a twenty carry load, twenty five carry load for a couple of weeks. I I thought he was decent at times in Denver. He kind of just got rotated out of the mix. Um, As to whether they're a playoff team, they certainly Mm -hmm. could be with the way AFC is. You know, we're we're going. We know we're going to have at least seven. We could potentially have eight depending on how COVID hits this next month and a half. Um, you know, they're five and three now. Uh, we've seen Pittsburgh's doing pretty good, eight and oh, eight and one for the Chiefs. You have Tennessee and the Colts who are both kind of vying in there but have looked vulnerable at times. Baltimore's looked vulnerable at times. Cleveland, I still think, has the talent to make the playoffs. Outside of that, you know, I, I think Miami's a good story. I'm, I, if I was, you know, i probably put the Raiders ahead of them right now because they've been doing it. I think they were near this point last year. The real question is, last year they got close to this point and they, they lost steam down the stretch. If they can kind of hold on and not lose steam, they could be a 9-7, 10-6 team, which puts you in the playoff mix.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I said this last week when they beat the Browns. I thought that was a huge win for them. I thought, realistically, it could be them and Browns vying for those last couple wildcard spots, and now they had the tiebreaker. They had the head-to-head win. They now go in and beat a Chargers team, which, in all honesty, they probably should have lost that game. Uh, the Chargers, in my opinion, look like the better team for most of the game. They come through with a big defensive play there at the end, win that game. You know, I'm with you. The Dolphins, they're looking good. I think that they're playing good as a team that defense is playing really good, but they play a couple really good teams here down the stretch. Uh, Obviously, the Raiders also have probably, in my opinion, out of all those teams you mentioned, the best win in their cap right now with beating the Chiefs as well. So Raiders, I I think me and Dennis, I know both picked them to make the playoffs. I I, I don't want to say they're a lock, but... If you go back and look at the schedule they had the beginning part of this season to come out of where they are right now, I think in a way they almost are a virtual lot to make it. They've beaten earlier on this year there were people talking about them maybe only being like two and six right now because of the teams they were playing and then they went off and they beat teams like kansas city they've beaten other good teams i can't think of anybody else off the top of my head but they've won against teams that people did not think they beat the patriots was another one that nobody thought that they were going to be beat able to win i'm pretty sure at home too yeah they did that's right yeah at home because the saints looked like they were not going to be the saints looked like they were in trouble early in the season as well so they've beaten teams that people did not think they were going to be able to beat so I, i'm with you Again, I don't want to say a virtual lot because then I feel like Las Vegas is going to take a huge nosedive after I say that, but I really think they have a real good shot of making the playoffs. They, they're a team that has looked really good this year. On the Chargers side here, Herbert continues to dominate, 23 points. Kalen Garbage, 16 points. Uh, Keenan Allen, 25 points. Mike Williams, 13. And Hunter Henry, 7. Jackson gets, which is just frustrating as all get out gets hurt before the game and they don't say anything to anybody gets pulled in the first yeah he got injured I guess he hurt himself in warm-ups they threw him out there for one one I guess the first drive and it didn't work out so they pull him Kalen Garbage and Josh Kelly get the get the play but I guess again I'm gonna call him Kalen Kalen Garbage because I do not think he's good gets most of the run are you fading Joshua Kelly Is, is Kalen Garbage gonna be the guy we're going to the waiver wires for this week
2: well this is really two weeks in a row that the chargers have shown you with their player rotation that they would take anyone over joshua kelly last week it was troy main pope who i bet would have been the lead dog had he not gotten uh injured and been out they even with him out and with jackson out they didn't turn to kelly they turned to Kalen Balash who i didn't even realize was actually part of the team uh, I guess Dennis did because he he raised his hand when I asked I'm like i I thought it was a misprint I'm like Kalen Balaj, who he did, did he get his pants screw up but it kind of just um Kelly's a rookie he's he looked good at times early on, but he's really struggled. I think he's somebody that the coach kind of called him out a couple weeks ago and didn't seem to respond and I think you're kind of seeing where that's where that's at but Eckler gone Justin Jackson gone Troy Maine Pope gone Joshua Kelly still not the lead guy that pretty much tells you all you need to know
1: uh just a really cool stat here on my guy Herbert list of quarterbacks to pass for 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns in their first seven career starts Justin Herbert end of list that's how good he's been so far this year this is actually his first start to not throw for three touchdown passes that's how good he's been his actual total stats are 2,146 passing yards and 17 passing touchdowns he has been phenomenal uh it's very interesting because I don't I don't remember if you were on with us or not Matt at this point but I remember me and Dennis having a conversation it would I don't want to say it was this offseason it may have been the first offseason you joined us because you were with us last offseason as well right not just this past one where we were yes. talking about how worried we were for possibly for the quarterback position and how we've seen a lot of these guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Eli Manning, who are all kind of coming to the end of their rope. Man, am I excited for a lot of these young guys. And I, I'm not putting just Herbert up there with Patrick Mahomes, but I, I can, I honestly think, even though I'm a biggest fan of him, in the world, I think everybody can admit he's in that tier below Patrick Mahomes, though. He's in that tier two quarterbacks now, and Herbert's going to be fun to watch moving forward. It's It's been really cool to see him kind of balling out here in his rookie season. Uh, Steelers all beat three the Cowboys. Of
2: the, honestly, all three of the rookies have looked really good. Yeah. Burrow, you know, not a great team, but he's looked good at times. Uh, we'll get to his game in a minute, but I was very he impressed better, by what I saw yeah. yesterday.
1: Yeah, he looked... Uh, 180 degrees different than the guy we saw week one. That is for sure. Uh, Steelers beat the Cowboys here 24-19. Big Ben 25 points. Connor four. Juju 21, Chase Claypool 15, Deontay Johnson 14, and Eric e. Braun 11. What do you make of Connor's usage here? Uh, a lot of backs were used. A few uh, big short yardage attempts foiled with McFarland and Snell in the game. Yeah, to me, it, it was... I I kept looking to
2: see if if Connor was hurt and they didn't say anything about it and he was in there at the end of the game. I know he wasn't having a fantastic game but honestly no one was and you had a couple of like big conversions when it, it, it the game was in doubt at this point in yeah. time. The first of all
1: this the last three minutes poss- of the game.
2: Possibly the most surprising game of the afternoon because I thought the Steelers were just going to walk all over Dallas.
1: Afternoon. Not not the Sunday. We'll get to the most surprising game of Sunday, yeah. but afternoon's not yet.
2: That's what I'm saying. For a yeah. while there in the afternoon, um, you know, it, it looked like. I, I know you think the Raiders winning is an upset, and actually. No, no, not, I'm talking about. They were not the favored. Late, late
1: the the late, late game Sunday.
2: Yeah. No, I know. The Raiders were not favored in that game. Um, yeah. So that actually technically was an upset. The one we're going to get to was an upset. And for a while, it looked like, you know, are all three teams that are underdogs going into the afternoon going to win here? And you, you saw them drive with McFarland and go nowhere, drive with Snell and go nowhere. James Conner's your guy. He's looked incredible for most of the season. Yeah. He's been very solid. And for him not to be out there, I have not seen any rhyme or reason for it. I thought it was really weird. The usage and rotations seemed weird to me. I don't know what what was going on, but it was like they were not taking this game seriously until it was like, oh, damn, are we actually going to lose to the AAF? We better get on this.
1: Yeah, Uh, and that's where I'm going to go with it. I honestly don't think they were taking it seriously. Pittsburgh did not look... I, I, I don't want to say they had – they had a down game. It almost looked like they just weren't there for that game. It, obviously, me living in Texas, I had the red zone on. This was the national televised game for me down there. I don't know if it's for, it was for everybody, but for us, that's obviously the Plus game that was on. So I had that up and I – okay, yeah, I had that game up and then I had red zone up on my other TV so I could kind of check in on Justin Herbert and I was watching the two games as well. So those were the two they were really kind of going back and forth to because of the way that they were scoring. And uh, it just looked like the Steelers Steelers were not up for this game. It really wasn't until they really started to look like, oh, like we're going to lose this game if we don't do something, that they started to pick it up. Like Dallas, I honestly think with the way that Garrett Gilbert played really kind of revitalized that team. Like this team started to like, oh, shit, we actually have somebody who can do something back here. Well, even the defensive
2: rotation, you know, even the the, defensive rotation, that touchdown to CeeDee Lamb, They had T.J. Watt covering him. T.J. Watt's not even a great cover linebacker, and you're going to put him on freaking C.D. Lamb? I mean, there was some weird stuff going on in that game, and for a while I was just like, okay, I'm actually going to root against Pittsburgh here because you guys look like you don't care. And Dallas looks like they cared. I know... You're still not happy with Zeke, but I thought he he ran with a little bit more passion and gusto he yesterday. He's better than he has. I'm for wondering sure. if he has actually been banged up for a few weeks, and that's why he looks more lethargic out there.
1: I mean, maybe he's been hitting up Dunkin' Donuts too much in the morning before he for the games. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he looked better. Uh, I will say, Juju is coming on. He's been looking really good the past three weeks, continuing to be the top target there. I am not worried about Connor. I, I think this goes more to what you were just saying and what I just said. I think this was just one of those games. Again, you never – this is not a college team, and they're not – you hear about college teams doing it all the time, looking ahead, right? Like Ohio State plays Maryland this week, although Maryland's look really good. But I saw go like a – shit, I'm trying to think of who's a bad team. Well, they already played Rutgers this past week. Let's say they were playing – Penn State this this coming week, and they had Rutgers the week before. A lot of times, you get caught up in a game in college because you're looking ahead. You're like, we're we're going to beat Rutgers. We're not worried about Rutgers. Let's start focusing for Penn State. And then Rutgers comes out, and punches you in the mouth, and you're like, oh shit! And it kind of takes you a little bit to get going. I don't think NFL teams do that, but I do also. I do kind of think that Pittsburgh kind of came in here with that mentality of we're going to win this game. Like we don't have to try that hard because of how bad Dallas has been. And Dallas did the same thing. Dallas came out with that defense was that defense looked a lot better than we've seen them look all year long against the Steelers okay. last night. We, we saw Garrett Gilbert actually give you good quarterback play. And that's weird to say, because Garrett Gilbert was like a practice guy on the Browns. And I can, I think they signed him off the Browns this year, actually like, not it's not what you expected. We expected that to be Andy Dalton out there doing that. Garrett Gilbert comes out there and looks good. I think he gave a boost to this team as well. But they did come back and win it. I'm going to say that I think it was just a weird game overall. Connor's been too good to kind of panic or worry. It was just it's a, it's a bad situation because a lot of us thought he'd be good DFS and you 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 had to play him because it was a great matchup and it just didn't work out for you. It was one of those games.
2: I would say too. Um, it's going to bear watching. Ben on the practice reports. They said he injured both of his knees. Both knees. And Yeah. Those are like thirty-eight-year-old um, knees. And as somebody who identifies uh, with that age group more and more now, um, they said it's cautiously optimistic that he'll play Week Ten. But yeah, uh, I was about to say I saw I, it would something be a big downgrade it, to their offense if we go back to Mason Rudolph, or I mean, maybe Josh Dobbs. But we saw yeah. last year with. The replacements the Steelers have—that was not a fun offense to watch. And no. with so many good offenses on the bye, and so many other people injured, that would be
1: kind of a crushing blow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, For Dallas, uh, Garrett Gilbert, 14, Zeke Elliott, uh, 8, Tony Pollard, 6, Amari Cooper, 12, Ski Lamb, 15. Dallas hung in until late in this one. Uh, What were your thoughts on Gilbert and and Zeke? He seemed to be running better but was still getting a lot of split with Pollard. Are are you worried that that was just because of the injury, or do you think that's what we're going to see moving forward?
2: I'm worried that he has the kind of injury that's going to linger and stuff. I know he. it was a real point of pride for him not to be able to continue to say he's never missed an NFL game due to injury. I get that, and props to you for that. Sometimes with those kind of soft tissue and lower body injuries, what you really need is a week off to get better, which they're going into the bye week now, so maybe he will have that chance to get better. I'll be curious to see what happens, too. I thought... Gilbert looked pretty good leading the team. Certainly looked better than what we had seen from Dalton in his last two games. Uh, presumably Dalton after a bye week, will have a better chance to come back from concussion and COVID. Uh, be curious to see what they do there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I obviously hope that they lean more on Zeke and, and I think obviously them going into their bye week this week probably helps him. You know, this is the first we heard about him having the hamstring injury. So, Maybe It's obviously not bad enough because they, they let him go out there and play. He looks good for the most part. So maybe it's one of those things, all right, we'll go into the bye week, allow him time to heal, it gives Garrett Gilbert time to get involved in this offense. I'll be curious to see if – I would imagine we're not going to see any Dalton back. I haven't heard anything outside of him being still on the COVID list. So maybe this offense starts to build a little bit more kind of momentum moving forward there with Gilbert. Uh, they'll be a fun team to, to watch, see if they can start putting it together here in the second half. Uh, Dolphins beat the Cardinals thirty-four to thirty-one. Tua twenty-one points. Jordan Howard seven. Preston Williams sixteen. Devontae Parker twelve. And Mike Gesicki seven. Tua looks strong here in his second outing. Are the Dolphins a playoff contender? I think they are potentially a
2: playoff contender. A uh, couple of. They need to get a running back back. You know, you, you went to pick up Brito. You're like, should we get Washington? Neither of them are available. And we got our classic 19 yards and a fall into the end zone from Jordan Howard. Uh, so kind of back to no running game. Uh, it'll bear watching to see if a uh, Preston Williams comes back. Uh, I don't know if you're watching Football Night in America, but they said they think that injury actually happened on the touchdown celebration. It did. It's when and the teammate jumped. Incredible. On. Yeah,
1: well, and see. That's. Yeah. I think it wasn't even his fault. It was a teammate. You can see if you watch it. It's right at the end. He's walking, toward. He's in the end zone, and then a teammate jumps up on him, and you can see his foot kind of give, and it goes down. And they, yeah, they said it's a sprain. So yeah, that sucks because he looked amazing in that game. Like it finally looked like. They finally were at Tua here, and he was able to unlock Preston Williams. Let's go. And then, yeah, he gets injured by no fault of his own whatsoever.
2: Dolphins' division is soft. We talked about there's kind of a soft group of, uh, you know, there's kind of the, the cream of the crop in the AFC. Uh, then you have some enigmatic teams, and then you have this kind of young and uncumber team. I would put the Browns in there. I would put the Raiders in there. I would put the Dolphins in there. I mean, those these are all teams that have winning records, that have some young talent, that have potential, that need to coalesce. I think their defense has gotten better uh, as they've gone through the season. They get one more matchup with the Patriots that would be, I believe, in Miami. So, you know, hopefully you can get... Get a win there. They they play the Jets again. They play Denver. I mean, there's going to be some chances uh, for Miami. Uh, the big question was they won that game against the Rams, but we we all saw that that really didn't have a lot to do with Tua. Yesterday, did he brought them back? He got them the win. That that to me, he looked good. He looked like he was settling in, and it looks like they're getting some of their players involved. They're a fun team. I think we all like their coach Brian Flores. So. I think there's definitely a chance they're a playoff contender.
1: Yeah, it, it's going to be – this race is going to be tight for the AFC coming down the stretch, and I really do think it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Hey, how do keeper league trades work? Uh, that's a very loaded question. It kind of depends on the structure depends. of your league. Yeah, completely depends on the structure of your league. I know ones that I have – um, you know, some of the ones that it's only a couple of players. Uh, we do the draft, the round that they were drafted in. So, say if you had like a, since we're talking about the Dolphins, like a Tua, you drafted in round sixteen. If you trade him to the other team, that team can keep him in the sixteenth round if that's what they choose to do. But it's completely based on your rule set. That's a, a kind of hard question to ask. Some some keeper leagues are you keep five players off your roster, and those are your first five picks. It, it's all depending on how your league has been set up. Uh, On Arizona's side here, Murray, 37 points. Drake, 11. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Edmonds, 11. Edmonds, 11. Kirk, 23. And Hopkins, 6. Uh, Murray looked great, uh, but the Cardinals fall short. Your thoughts on Hopkins and Kirk? Uh, Hopkins shut out a little bit in this one. Was against Xavier Howard for the most part in that game. I think he's kind of an underrated cornerback, but Kirk is definitely coming on here as of late.
2: Yeah, Kirk is coming on. I apparently I saw an enigmatic uh, running back performance for Arizona and just assumed it was Kenyon Drake.
1: We Those said Friday, don't, don't buy into Edmonds. Don't buy it. He he always does this when it's his turn to shine. He yeah. just disappoints.
2: I think it's a combination. Kirk finally uh, coming on, uh, looking more like the guy we thought he might be for the last couple of years. But also, you have to wonder if teams are really scheming against. Um, deandre hopkins and you know it seemed like when he was in houston watson was going to force the ball to him no matter what kyler murray looks like he's comfortable if he wants to take off and run or if he wants to hit another receiver only three targets yesterday for hopkins he catches them all Um, but that kind of tells you maybe murray just trying to be a little more discerning trying to win but this to me this was a bummer loss for Arizona because yeah. this was a big chance coming off that win before their bye over Seattle to kind of go up and and take the lead in their division because they would have won the tiebreaker so kind of a bummer loss I thought and kind of a confounding loss Arizona is still you know that I would put them in that potential playoff contender young player team but they it seems like it's you know two steps forward one step back with them Uh, This season just about the time you start to believe in them You know, it doesn't quite come together Um, So this was a a fun battle of young emerging teams that went away. I was totally not expecting
1: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think it would be... I thought it'd be a good game. I did not expect it to be this close or the Dolphins pulling it off. So um, I'm happy for them. For Arizona, you know, I think it's just good for Kirk to finally start getting that shine. You know, we've talked about for two years now that we thought once Larry Fitzgerald finally retired, Kirk could move into the slot that he would kind of ball out. And we're seeing it now. Him opposite of Hopkins is working out. He's that deep threat guy, Hopkins, uh, the possession receiver. I think it was just a... Uh, Like I said, a mix of Xavier Howard being on him and Kirk having the game he did. You know, Hopkins, I'm not worried about it. We'll see him get 20-plus points this week. So it's just one of those games. When you have a DeAndre Hopkins, you get one or two games a year where he doesn't get you probably close to 20 points. So don't panic on Hopkins. I'll be interested to see if they finally activate Kenyon Drake because there were talks that uh, he was close to being back. Maybe with a bad performance here by Chase Edmonds, we see Kenyon Drake back in the mix.
2: And if Drake is back, that's the time when you can obviously play uh, Chase
1: Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Exactly, does... it's, it's, it's good for Chase Edmonds' owner to hear that. <laughs> uh, the most surprising game of the entire after or the entire day, in my opinion, the Saints just destroying the Buccaneers here, thirty-eight to three. Breeze twenty-two points, Kamara fifteen, Sanders thirteen, Thomas ten, Adam Troutman twelve, and Taysom Mother Effing Hill ten points. The Saints looked dominant. Are they starting to turn it on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that was an incredible performance. They yeah. they just beat them down. They looked they looked like the Saints team that we all thought we were going to see when we picked them to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, they were using all their weapons. It wasn't back, it wasn't incredible for fantasy. You had an, a decent day for Kamara, but not in not an explosive day you had a decent day for michael thomas but probably not what you were hoping for sanders looked good they got traequan smith the ball they got i was really excited to see troutman getting in there Taysom hill was running well they were able to use him at quarterback some to give breeze breaks since they were pounding the living snot out of the other team they were back to using their trick plays and moving the ball around they look like they just totally confounded Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team, which fancies itself a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They definitely didn't look it yesterday. Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously Thomas getting involved yesterday. was good to see overall. I thought great game by the saints. I was not, I mean, we all picked them to win Friday, but I was not expecting that. I was expecting like a, a very good game overall. And they, they played a great game offensively and defensively there. Um, Brady, just two points, Ronald Jones, 10, Fournette, 4, Mike Evans, 10, Chris Godwin, 7, A, B, 6, and Gronk, 1. Obviously, Brady, literally the worst performance he's ever had in his pro career, uh, which is weird to say, this late into it, and this was by far his worst game, which I think also just speaks to how great he's been his entire career. Are you worried about him or is it just, you know, it's a game, you just got to throw it away. It was one of those, they just, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier, got punched in the mouth and they just weren't able to recover from it.
2: They got punched in the mouth. I also wonder if they almost have an embarrassment of riches. I'm going to say, you know, they won against the Giants on Monday Night Football. They did not look good. Yeah. Brady didn't look particularly good. Um, and he looked really off last night. Is it too much? You know, when he was in New England, they had Julian Edelman and Gronk, and it was like, well, I'm going to throw it to one of the two of them, or maybe I'm going to give it to my best friend, James White. There wasn't a whole lot of complexity. You have, we saw it last night, they have five receivers that are, that are vying for the ball. Uh, you know, you got Miller and Tyler Johnson, which don't seem to be going away. Now you've added Antonio Brown, Godwin, Mike Evans. You have Gronk out there. Sometimes they roll Cameron Brait. You have two or three running backs. We've seen other teams that have like a committee approach because and and they're trying to spread it around. And it doesn't feel like they have incredible offensive continuity. Last year, for all of Jameis Winston's faults, he went out there and he knew he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and that's where he was pretty much forcing the ball down we'd occasionally run just to hope that the defense remembered that we were capable of running and that was about it and this year they just have so many things you know are they trying and to me you have to wonder too they have some big personalities out there now too that they're trying to you know force feed and get involved one of brady's interceptions at least was a ball they were trying to force into antonio brown um, you know, they tried at the the goal line to force the ball into Mike Evans, even though he has not done much against Marshawn Lattimore in several games. So, did
1: I, you see the Marshawn Lattimore tweet?
2: Yes, I, and you know he Fearful. played him well. He he yeah. did well on the field. This was a really critical game for the Bucks in their seeding hopes and everything. Um, they have now been swept by New Orleans. So it's not just that New Orleans won a half game in front. They won a game and a half in front. And what they were talking about, New Orleans has a much more favorable schedule down the stretch than Tampa Bay does. There's something that doesn't look, look right. Uh, we had wondered, is it too much putting Antonio Brown into the mix here? Uh, that was the reason I thought they didn't do it preseason. Now,
1: yeah,
2: you know, they have a lot of talent, but a lot of talent we've seen before doesn't always coalesce into wins, but their defense looked terrible, too. Their defense had been incredible, and they didn't look like they could figure out or stop anything last night.
1: Yeah, that's that's why, I've, for the most part, I'm going to throw, throw the game away. Um, you know, I don't believe that AB came in here and immediately destroyed this team. Maybe he did, but I'm not going to go that route yet, and I know that's not what you're saying. But that's kind of what everybody was joking about on Twitter yesterday. Uh, you know, it was a bad game for sure. Uh, I've been on the train that I did not. I've not. I've said multiple times this year. I don't think Brady's been as good as everybody's given him credit for. Matter of fact, I know uh, you'll you'll may remember this because you're in the Discord channel. But me and Ricky were going back and forth about this when they were playing my my quarterback one in my heart, Justin Herbert, where Tom Brady again did not look good, and then he had I think four touchdowns in the second half to end up leading him back to winning that game. But outside of that third and fourth quarter, he had not looked good. He's not looked good since last year. He he really hasn't. I don't know if that's... Just It's got to be him just getting older, and I'm not saying that he's been bad. I do agree that having all these weapons here is just hurting him. We kind of talked about that with the Browns as well. Sometimes you just have too many weapons, and you've got to try and force them the ball. I will say with the way that Godwin and Evans are, I do not think that one of them is going to really kind of be the ones who open their mouth and say anything in the media. Both those guys, regardless of when they have or haven't been getting the ball, have usually been pretty quiet about that. So even when Jameis Winston was only targeting one or the other, you know, there was a couple times last year Mike Evans was doing nothing for three, four weeks and then would have that big game. So I don't think either one of them will say something. I'm gonna trust that A B's not gonna say anything yet, but I think we just saw what we've talked about all year, that the Saints were just a better team. None of us were those – none of the three of us, and you, me, and Dennis, when we did our projections uh, for these teams were that big on the Buccaneers. We all had the Saints winning. We all had the Saints going to the playoffs. So I think the Buccaneers are a good team, but they're not a great team. The Saints have the pieces on offense and defense to be a great team. I think they are just putting it together. I think they came out there – with a little bit more extra motivation yesterday, and we saw it. And, again, once the once the uh, the Bucks got punched in the mouth, they just did not seem to be able to get up. I don't know if that was a Brady thing, coaching thing. We'll see if they can bounce back next week. But I'm, I'm going to say for now I'm not panicking on any of them. Uh, really the only one I like on the team anyway is Chris Godwin, so that's not saying much for me. But I, I'm not panicking if I own any of them. we are just kind of let's see what they can do next week. That will do it for us today. That's all of the games from the Sunday slates there of week nine. Again, we've got a, you know, what Matt would say is, I guess, technically classified as a football game here against the Patriots and the Jets. We'll see if it's any good. Again, Damian Harris, I know you're listening, bro. You're about to go out there and warm out. Just 12 points, man. That's all I'm asking. 12 points. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever. Oh. 40 yards on six catches, whatever. Well, that's not even going to be 12 points, so that's going to be 10. So de- definitely hit me 12. mass out my strong suit, but just anything, man, please. 12 points. I'll send you flowers. I'll send you chocolate. Whatever you need. I, I need 12 points.
0: Please. All, uh,
2: your all he heard was uh, 40 yards on six catches, and he consider it done.
1: Yeah, it's like, you got it, and throws up. I'm like, no, wait, come back. I need two more. Yeah, I swear. If, I, if he gets 10 points tonight, I'm going to lose my shit because this will be the like third loss in a row that I've suffered by less than six points and it's going to hurt my heart a lot. I I don't know if I can handle this much longer. But enjoy the game tonight if you're watching it and you have players going and you need to win. Hopefully you guys can pull out your wins tonight. Me and Matt will be back tomorrow to recap the Jets and Patriots and Talk probably some way for a while, though. I feel like it's gotten to the point where there's really not much available. But we'll talk whatever we can. Maybe we'll throw in some Mandalorian talk tomorrow. I don't know. If, if we need to buy some time, we can do that tomorrow instead of Thursday. But we will see you guys tomorrow.
0: Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like the Wu Lin ready. It is fifty-eight for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. one up above his head. They can't jump with me. die, no, lead! Oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> <laughs>